Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? Welcome back to the FCS Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, and joined as always over the airwaves of Skype, the Mr. Sean Anderson, who now has a new Twitter handle. I do have a new Twitter handle, and the original, uh, just straight up Sean Anderson, uh, with 11 followers, uh, he has not gotten back to me, and I just had to go with... You did try to commun- communicate with him. There's no way to communicate. I communicated with Twitter. No one got back to me. Mm. I got nothing. So I'm. Uh, yeah, you, you can find me on Twitter now at Sean Anderson sixty five. Not Ram- much of an upgrade. That's a big upgrade. Upgrade from <laughs> Scanderson twenty nine. Hmm. Wait, was it supposed to be Scanderson or S K Anderson? It's either or. It, it that's just how it goes. What does uh, what does the K stand for? You should know this by now. We've been living together for three I, years, and I know been, what it stands uh, for. From what I think, it, I know uh, what it stands for, but our our viewers friends. don't. Uh, they don't need to know. No, our and if they want to guess and they get it right, I'll let them know. We can play a little game with the okay. viewers and the listeners. Uh, but until right. they get it right, then uh, no one will know. Uh-huh. Fine. Fine. Here's how we're gonna do this, then, <laughs> folks. If you're listening and you're tuning in, and you can guess what the K. And it's it's his middle name, obviously. If you can yes. guess what the K stands for in his middle name, uh, what are we gonna give him? We gotta think of something. Uh, we'll give him a nice little shout out. I'll give him props. I, I, I'm trying to think <laughs> what else we can give them. Let's yeah, we think. don't. We're, <laughs> we're not big enough to the point where we have any merchandise. Right. <laughs> um, I can send you an expired gift card to uh, to like Toys you R Us. Or something. No, no, I have <laughs> a twenty five dollar gift card to Tropical Smoothie. If they can guess that, I will send it to them in the mail. What the hell is Tropical Smoothie? It's a what does it sound like, Joe? They sell burgers and corn dogs. Okay, my point is, is what? that only a Virginia <laughs> thing? No, I think it's I'm pretty sure it's a chain. Do they actually have uh burgers and corn dogs there? No, they have healthy <laughs> foods and wraps on flatbreads. Oh, That's yuck. what they have. I don't know, plenty of avocado, which is as my stance will always be the grossest food on earth. I'm I'm not even gonna get into that with you at this moment. Oh, are you a defender? Yes. Of the avocado. I'm not doing this right now, dude. It's like toe jam. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh god, it's delicious. I'd rather you... eat twenty old mushy apples. Twenty. Have you had one? Have you had an avocado before? Yes, I've tried guacamole. I have had uh, a bite of an avocado, rancid. It's it's just you damn southerners and your lack of a a, a, a a of taste buds. That's what it is. Yes. Oh, you want to chalk it up to that? You want to get into yeah. it? Yeah, Mister Mister Three Patty. <laughs> That's a different story for another time. Mister Protein Popcorn. I, I I have some sitting in front of me right now. Mister very good. Crack crackers. <laughs> Sean, do you know what what uh, what's coming up this week? This week. This week. Hmm. Or are you going to prom? Do, do you think I'm going to prom, Sean? <laughs> no, it's my uh, it's my 21st birthday on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
I thought it was later in June. So uh, oh. if you if you own a bar in the state of New Jersey, you should probably yeah. lock it down. Oh, Wednesday. Uh, it's in my calendar. Joseph DeLeon's birthday. Why do you have that? Why do you have that in your calendar? I think when Adam Roth sends out those Google invites, it kind of links up stuff into here. So yeah, I have no. Joseph DeLeon's birthday Wednesday the twelfth. Nick Simeon's birthday Saturday the fifteenth. Interesting. That is, you know, that's weird. Yeah, I can't. I can't give you an explanation for that. I don't know who some of these people's birthdays are. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, that's not. That's that. We we get onto the topic we're here for. Please. Yes, we are gonna. Yeah, we're gonna be talking Big Sky today, the second to last of our previews before we get to the CAA as our final one. But first, before we get to that, we have our typical news roundup in the world of social media and news surrounding FCS football. The two major headlines that happened this week, not really headlines, but fun stories to follow, are Hero Sports released uh, their top 25 and also their preseason All-American teams. So Sean and I just you know took a look at them and perused them because this is the first official rankings of um, the All-Conference teams and also the top 25, and we had some takeaways from them. Sean, what was your takeaways from the top 25 list from Hero uh, Sports? The top 25 list, my first takeaway when I saw it was number three, UC Davis. Uh, them being ranked that high after getting beaten last year in the playoff. And I, I get it. They are really they have a lot of potential. We will be discussing them at great length this, uh, this year. And I guess it's predictive, as is what they're trying to focus on mostly. Yes. But I, I don't know. I think... I think that them being at three is a little questionable uh, to me. And, I mean, that's just my opinion. And Weber State only being at 11, that's – if you just want to look at the playoff last year, Weber State beat Maine pretty well, and Maine's ranked four. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I definitely th- think that uh, McLaughlin uh, – gosh, if I butcher that, I'm sorry – uh, does his due diligence? I think with I think this. he said it right. I think and it's just right. it's just my objective opinion. I think uh, UC Davis is a little too high. I think Maine in the top ten is fine with me, mm-hmm. but I think Weber State should be higher up than both of them. Okay. Yeah. So my two that really stood out to me, and they're right next to each other, is Towson at ten and Elon at at twelve. Yeah. Um. I think that they both should be ranked. Actually, I think Towson should be ranked. I don't really know if I'm that confident, Elon, but. Towson's a little bit too high for my taste. I think it's really just a matter of they have the star power. They have Tom Flacco, brother of Joe Flacco, and it's easy to bump them up because their offense looked very good under him last year. He's going to be a draftable prospect as well. He's a great quarterback. But they did not look good defensively, and they also got stomped on pretty early on by Duquesne. Actually, that, that was in the first round that they got stopped on by Duquesne. So if those issues aren't fixed, they're not going to be a top 10 team. And I, I'm never really a fan of coaches leaving and a team yeah. really staying with their quality at, at where they were. And Elon wasn't even a playoff team last year. Obviously, they suffered some injuries at the quarterback position, but you're losing your coach it's not going to be an easy ride from not even making the, the playoff last year and then suddenly being top 
12 in this situation. I just think that's a bit a bit generous. They're yeah. a good team. They're one of the better teams in the CAA. I just don't know if that's really a good fit for them. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think especially in the CAA, any kind of change like that uh, can can bring uh, not catastrophe, but I don't know if it's top 12 off off the bat like that personally. Uh, and one other thing that, that kind of struck me, too, was that Colgate was left off this and they were put in the next best. Yeah. I, I don't understand how you can have Colgate off of it and also have New Hampshire in the same breath. New Hampshire is not going to be a good team this year. What about, I, Yale? Uh, what about Yale at 17 over uh, Colgate? I, I think I would like to have seen Colgate in replacement of Yale. I just am not a big fan of Ivy League teams being ranked that highly just because their quality of schedule is usually not as tough. I mean, Colgate, I understand, is playing in the Patriot League, but still, they're not really playing that tough of teams. They don't play any FBS opponents, unlike most of these teams on this list. So I don't, I'm not really a fan of ranking a team like Yale that high, and then not to mention the fact that you're putting Yale above Princeton, too, which is you know just a bit backwards in my sense i don't know i think it's a good list overall it's a good top 25 it's a good starting one it's just there's some questionable decisions here early on citadel were 5 and 6 last year and got 25 yep yeah, i don't did delaware make it delaware did not make that list so you have the citadel that. at 5 and 6 at the 25th spot and you don't have delaware there yeah i look i think that might have been the, the matter of a lot of people, it's it's very similar to how it works with the SEC, but a lot of fans are that aren't fans of schools in the CAA don't really like the CAA, and they tend to talk down on it. So I think that they didn't want to stick too many CAA schools in there because realistically, we could have had, um, we could have had another four or five teams in this list because Villanova is a team that was also said worth watching. Um, New Hampshire is for some reason on the next best, but then you also have Delaware. Um, you know, if I was a, a unbiased onlooker, I would say at least Rhode Island should be in the keep an eye on list. I don't think that, <laughs> that that's just me being completely honest. Just for this, the fact that, you know, I think a, a team that went positive last year should, should have an eye on. I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I don't know. Are we spending too much time on this list? I don't think we are, but it, it's worth analyzing. And then the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was their, all-American team. What what were your takeaways from that, Sean? Um, I have very I have less qualms with this list than I yeah. do with the top twenty-five. Uh, I think that they got all the offensive linemen correct. Uh, just from them, I mean, that's the first thing I go to. Um, it's and can you wait? Can you point out though that the connection that you have with one of these offensive linemen? Oh yeah, Kyle Murphy, the guy who uh, starts over me. <laughs> deservedly so <laughs> yeah no he uh is a stud uh offense, offensive tackle guard and center he can play all three i yeah he deserves to be on there i mean if there was if he wasn't on the uh top five he should be in the athlete replacing uh <laughs> <laughs> you would put him an athlete <laughs> i would have him replace uh eric barrier uh from eastern washington that's what i would do oh my god <laughs> Wait, what position is this guy? That's I can't. Yeah, that's what I would have. Like the so, um, you, so you're you're an advocate for saying that because he can play multiple positions on the offensive line that qualifies him as an athlete. I think he is the um who was the 
quarterback for Michigan that got drafted by the Jaguars. That was on the NCAA cover. Uh, Denard Robinson. Yes, he is the the Denard Robinson of offensive line. Huh. Yeah, Eric Barriere is is listed as a quarterback, but they also use him as a running back and a receiver. So you think you're you're telling me that you that's think three that... <laughs> that's three positions to three positions. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um. Well, you know, my takeaways from this list, and I th- I think that well, one, it's it's kind of interesting to to take a look at see how other people acknowledge other players compared to the way that we were acknowledging them, and it's pretty noticeable that we uh, have a lot of similarities in the guys that we pointed out from each conference. Uh, there's very few people that we did not talk about that are not, that are, yeah, that are not on this list at the moment. And then the other thing, which we're going to have a wonderful time diving into today, this list is very, very heavy with big sky players. And that is for a reason, because this is probably the most talented conference that we're going to be talking about today as far as quality of players. Uh, that's the big sell there, Joe. It's a, it's a pretty big that's sell. That's the big sell on the big sky. Do you want to transition right into it and talk about last year's standings? Why don't we go into it, Sean? Yeah, we can go. You want me to leave this one off? Uh, yeah, why don't you take it away? We'll go two weeks in a row, Sean. How do you switch this up? You see, now I'm going to start getting in the groove of leading us off here. All right. <laughs> I don't in want you to off. have that much confidence. <laughs> oh, you want to keep me on my toes? Yeah. God, I hate you. Um, for uh, The team that won the Big Sky last year, Eastern Washington, went 12-3 and overall, 8-1 and in conference. Deep playoff run before losing in the finals to North Dakota State University. They had the most points per game last year with 43.1528.2 yards per game, 255.9 rush yards per game. And Joe, you all, every we've done every conference and with the leading team, you always have to include the number of interceptions that they tally. It it just so it's happens like the that sunrise. the top yeah. The, the top team always ends up having the most interceptions, it seems like, lately. Uh, yeah, so 22 interceptions on the year. Right after them was Weber State, 10-3, and 7-1, and one, and they were also a playoff team, but they were surprisingly shocked by Maine in the quarterfinal, 48-23 to 23 in that game. I remember watching that game. Um, it was a nail-biter. It was a close one at first, and then Maine just absolutely took off. It was a tough loss for Weber State, and they're looking to bounce back from that. Last year, they managed to allow a league-worst 321.2 yards per game, and that's kind of visible in giving up 48 points to Maine of all teams. But, however, they did have one of the... Oh, wait, I I completely butchered the hell out of that. They had a league-worst 321 pass yards per game. Nah, God, I'm, I'm messing this up completely. 321... 0.2 0.2 total yards per game. God, could I have screwed that up anymore, Sean? <laughs> I am so lost right now. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm trying could, to read the words. Yeah, I completely misread uh, what I, what my note was there. Um, you know, that's not my biggest mess up, but they did have the best defense, only surrendering 319.6 yards per game, and the best run defense with 123.2 rush yards per game. So they were lacking in offensive production, which is what I meant to say visible in that loss to Maine because they only mustered 23 points, but a little bit more uncharacteristic in giving up 48 on the flip side of things. Sean, who and do then, we have uh, next? 
After them was UC Davis, 10-3 and last season, 7-2 and in conference, only one more loss than Weber State. They fell uh, to conference foe Eastern Washington in quarterfinal of the playoffs last year, 42-21. to They had the best passing attack uh, in the Big Sky last year with 298.9 pass yards per game, uh, and that uh, is in big part to their quarterback and offensive playmakers that I'm sure Joe is very excited to talk about. Yes, we'll be getting into that shortly, but right after them was Montana State, who was on the outside looking in. Eight and five last year, five and three in the big sky, and they had a horrendously horrible passing offense with only 140.5 pass yards per game. You want to throw another H word in there? Uh, no, I don't have one. I'm not going to give you the alliteration, uh, so continue. Okay, you, you almost had it. That's what we would have called the cycle. Uh, the <laughs> Idaho no State followed that. them. <laughs> Idaho State followed them. Six and five last year, five and three in conference. Uh, unfortunately, gave up 255.8 pass yards per game on defense. And they also have the sickest logo in the entire Big Sky Conference, the Idaho State Bengals. No, I beg to differ. I don't think so. Are you out of your m- Joseph? No, I don't Joseph. think they do. It is so cool, man. It is sharp cuts on triangles. The Cincinnati Bengals need to take notes from Idaho State. Okay, maybe it's a maybe it is a step up for the Tiger logo, but I still don't think it's the best one. Who is a better one, Joe? Um, yeah, you're just looking for something to argue about. No, I I, I had it earlier, but I'm trying to remember who I had. If if I were to pick, it would probably be Northern Arizona or I think uh, Weber State is a pretty cool one, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Uh, right <laughs> after them, Montana, 6-4, and 4-4 four, four and four in conference. And then this next team had the same exact record in the Big Sky as well. Uh, Cal Poly, 5-6 and six, uh, overall and 4-4 four and four in conference. Good foreshadowing, Joseph. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Northern Arizona. Was right behind them, a struggling four and six, three and four in the conference, and they only allowed a hundred and seventy nine point seven pass yards per contest. Good for the best pass defense in the Big Sky. Hopefully, their offensive production increases as they got a big transfer from Oklahoma State as their next quarterback. Oh, oh, I like hearing that. Okay, yeah, I want to be you want to be rude when I'm trying to yes give my big sell. Okay, following them. Portland State four and seven on the year, three and five in conference, and I'm going to double up on you because you were rude to me. Oh, wait, no, 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 no! Oh, you're not going to let me. Portland State, uh, same exact record, four and seven overall, three and five in conference. Did you have something to interject? Uh, yeah, I was going to interject. Do you know what uh, famous coach was originally a coach at Portland State? Jim Fleming. No, it was not Jim Fleming. Okay. It was Daryl Mouse Davis. Do you know who that is? Uh, I I don't. Uh, he was the creator of the run and shoot offense, and um, actually no, he wasn't the creator of it, but he was considered to be the um the father of it in, in the sense of bringing it to college football and then eventually bringing those concepts to the NFL. So a little fun fact for you there. After Thank Idaho, you. though, Sean, Idaho recently dropping down from the FBS to the FCS level and struggled tremendously last year. But Northern Colorado was two and nine, two and six in the Big Sky, and then they had a league worst 109 rush yards per game, which is pretty below average 
in speaking in those terms. And following Northern Colorado, uh, the team with the best mascot in the entire Big Sky, Southern Utah, one and ten on the year, one and seven in conference. The Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. I don't think it's. It like doesn't get any have... better than that. It doesn't. Last team and a very much bottom feeder last year was Sacramento State. Two and eight, zero oh and seven. Not a single win in the Big Sky. They averaged a low twenty three point four points per game, and they were completely stomped on every single game with forty seven. 476.8 yards per game and 247.8 rush yards allowed per contest. So not a lot of strong defense for them. Very visible in their record. Sean, now we're going to talk about our key returners. Can't wait. Our best players coming back from last year that you need to know. And our first one on this list is the potential best man in college football at the FCS level, Jake Mayer, six foot tall, and last year he had 3,931 pass yards, 34 touchdowns, and then this fun little tidbit that Sean decided to add in, <laughs> two punts for an average of 35.5 yards on the quick kick. Now that sounds but, strong, but they were both touchbacks. Oh, eh, yeah, I don't count that for much. Okay. Yeah. Anyone can anyone can hit a touchback because he was probably kicking it from the no yeah no he was kicking him kicking them both probably from the forty to the thirty five yard line so do you not think, that impressive? What do you think would happen if you were to take uh, a long snap and try to punt it? Like if I caught a snap and I punted it? Yes. Do you think you could punt it in a real game? Uh no, There's no way in hell. No, my my steps are just are way too slow. If you don't have any experience with punting, that's not something that can be easily translatable to a game. Um, in Mayer's situation, because he's a quarterback, a quick kick, nobody has time to react to rush that. So it's usually just a free, you know, free path to kick the ball. But the UC Davis signal caller has the potential to be not only the best player in this conference, but the best player in the country next year. Who's coming up right after him, Sean? And today. I'm super excited because we have three running backs to talk about. The first one being Sacramento State running back Elijah Dotson, six feet tall, 185 pounds. And last year, he rushed for 1,154 yards, nine touchdowns, and a whopping 6.2 yards per carry. Coming up, yeah, incredible yards per carry for him. A lot of touchdowns. And then right behind him. A backmate for Jake Mayer, UC Davis, running back, and this is not a typo, folks. Ulonzo Gilliam, five foot nine, one eighty-five. He rushed for a little bit shy of one thousand yards, nine hundred and seventy-six yards, thirteen touchdowns, which is incredible, and five point two yards per carry, all being done as a freshman. Yeah, that's really, really impressive to have young players putting up numbers like that. And uh, the last running back on the list here, Weber State running back Josh Davis, 5'9", 195 pounds, 1,362 yards, nine touchdowns, and 5.4 yards per carry. He broke Weber State's most running back yards in a season and is sixth all-time on their list. So keep an eye out and see if he can break it. We have a very talented crop of running backs in this group, and it's very tough to even pick our best one out of it. But we also have some pretty notable receivers as well. Idaho State wide receiver Mitch Guler being the first one, six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds, 
he racked in 62 receptions, 1,259 yards, and nine touchdowns. Are you not going to talk about his game average? No, I'm not going to. I will. He had 114.5 yards per game. Oh, you put a little bit more notes in this time, and you're like, oh, I got to gotta mention them is that what is this what we're doing right now is that what we're doing <laughs> i'm just kidding or can i get to my get my go, get go my ahead receiver? okay thank you uh wide receiver wide receiver samuel ackham six foot four 196 pounds 59 catches 879 yards and you might not be thinking that's uh all too hot but he had 13 touchdowns last year receiving very impressive huge numbers for him and a very tall lanky receiver Sean, why don't you take away at our big boys here now? All right, let's get it going then. All right, Idaho offensive lineman Noah Johnson is first on the list, six foot four, three hundred two pounds, plays primarily guard, and he is the first Idaho offensive lineman to gain All American honors since Mike Iupati. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know that for sure? Yes. Okay. Who's next? Wait. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Following him, Southern Utah offensive lineman Zach Larson, six foot one, three hundred and five pounds. He plays center, preseason All American. Uh, he is a stud at center, good feet, and really good in his hips. Uh, the third offensive lineman out of our four, so we got one more after this here. Eastern Washington offensive lineman Spencer Blackburn, six foot two, two eighty five, and has started thirty seven for thirty nine games for the Eagles, and we will be going into his sixth season of college football this year. Wow, how is that yeah. even possible? Um, I it, it was a re- he had a redshirt year, and then uh, it was another uh, type of uh, redshirt that wasn't medical. Okay, I'm sure it was the um, the redshirt that's like adversity related. I forget yes, what the, that's, the specific call. Okay, yep. okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, he had, he is going into his sixth year. He plays center for Eastern Washington, one of their big three returning seniors on that offensive line. Montana State. Offensive lineman Mitch Brott, 6'6", 290, first-team all-conference, really good feet. Uh, it's a really good frame. You'd like to see him put on 5 to 10 more pounds to keep his feet as uh, fast as they are now. But, you know, he's first-team all-American. I am not, so I'm going to let him do his <laughs> thing. Uh, good comment there. Sean, do you, this might be the first time you only picked one kind of big Offensive lineman, and that, you know that's that's Mitch Broad, who's six 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 two ninety. There there weren't that many ginormous guys this time, Sean. Um, I mean, I get, I don't know what it is. I mean, the Big Sky Conference they're really good on the interior, but mm-hmm. they're not all maulers. It's just the I guess it's the crop. It's cyclical, Joe. Interesting. Well, our first defensive player facing off against those big guys is Weber State defensive lineman Adam Rodriguez, six foot two, two hundred forty pounds. And he was a stat sheet stuffer in 2018. 61 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, seven sacks, one forced fumble, and three pass defense to go along with that as well. And he is one of our uh, preseason All-American guys, if I am correct. And the only other defensive lineman we have on this list today, defensive end from Montana State, Bryce Sturk, six foot five, two fifty, a very very good frame. Tallied 61 tackles last year, 17 tackles for loss, two passes deflected, and 8.5 sacks. Yeah, just a long dude that's able to make those plays. And 
you know, when you have that type of length at six foot five and, and decent weight behind it at two fifty, it's just it's it can be tough at times um, to to try and stop someone like that 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 has that that much more reach on you or oh, can comparable be? reach. No, I'm just trying to. Is that not the case though? <laughs> no, it, it completely yeah. is. <laughs> if, you, if you're going against the guy that's six five and you're also six five and you're used to going against those guys that are you know six two or shorter, it it it's a little bit outside of your comfort zone, is right. it not? Yeah, no, you have to kind of you have to change up your play style. You can't mm-hmm. uh, do like a lock on type play style. You just have to be more active with your hands. Yeah, but being more active is the perfect way to put it because in that situation, when you have similar arm length between two guys, it's just basically whoever whoever gets their hands out first, right? Um, right after him, Dante Olson, linebacker from Montana, six foot three, two hundred thirty seven pounds, and this number is a real number. This is oh, not yeah. fake. Uh, this is not a typo. This is not because he played in extra games because Montana was a playoff team. Get excited, no. folks. No, th- this is a legitimate number. This is uh, Darius Leonard-esque. 151 total tackles. That doesn't make any sense. And that was in... Here, wait, I just want to double check. That was in 10 games. That's <laughs> 15 tackles per game. 15 Why do Dante, you... <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even know how you do that I don't I don't even know how does an offensive player with the ball run into him that many times I, I, what is I don't that know. scheme anybody who's getting tackled by him every single game they're probably were afraid to get the ball by, by the end of the game if you're getting hit that much by the same dude that's 240 pounds and six foot three I would I would be wincing and 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 worried every single time I saw him coming towards me. I mean, okay, so there's about, let's just chalk this up. Let's do some basic uh, real-time math here. Let's just say there's an it's average 15 of 15 tackles per game. No, 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 I'm just saying there's about 70 offensive snaps per game. All right? Let's say half of those are pass plays, 35. And let's say uh, 15 of those go incomplete. You're down to 20 pass plays, and then uh, you're, you're at 55 total plays with the ball is live. And not incomplete. That he's is in on 30%. Yeah. That's 30% of the time he's making a tackle on a live play uh, in a realistic situation. So How do you not avoid him more than, less than 30% of the time? Olsen is a sideline-to-sideline player. And, and frankly, it, he's one of the few people that we've named so far in this process that is a linebacker that you have to scheme around because he will ruin your offensive game plan. I mean, typically in football, you don't necessarily scheme around linebackers because they all exactly. do about the same thing. Yeah, uh, you, there are obviously special linebackers that can move, uh, especially fast, and linebackers that can hit especially hard. And then there are guys that can just kind of do it all. But linebackers, they all have like the same three to four key, not motions, but things that they can do. Right. So normally you'd have to game plan for a stellar defensive back or a stellar mm-hmm. defensive lineman. It's just really tricky. I mean, how do you game plan for an, a, a linebacker like that? That's that active. Try running away from him in the opposite I, direction. I, <laughs> uh, try, I, I mean, that's the only legitimate thing I you mean, can do is try yeah. and hit the weaker, weaker spots of that defense. I mean, you have to try to, it, it's almost like you have to try and push crack him. I yeah. mean, that's that those are the only, only ways you can do it or you run power and hope that, that he can't uh, break through it. Hope that your double teams are solid. Yep. Sean, who's our last player? 
Our last player, Montana defensive back Robbie Hawk, five foot eight, one hundred and five foot ten, one hundred eighty pounds, ninety five tackles from a defensive back. We love that, Joe. And oh, yeah. four passes defended. Any defensive back that's getting over sixty tackles in a year, that's averaging four tackles a game. Uh, I am very, very happy with 95 tackles is stellar. Yeah, the teammate of Dante Olsen, uh, he, you know, he's not a big guy. He's not as big as Olsen was. He's only five foot ten, but that did not deter him from making a lot of plays and a lot of tackles. And in a lot of situations when you have a smaller, thinner defensive back that's not as heavy, not as tall, they're not as willing to come downfield and make those types of tackles. But Hawk is a gritty player. He's not afraid of contact, and you can see that from his numbers, 95 tackles. Uh, just incredible to see from a defensive back. Now, Sean, after all those guys we just named, who is your player to watch? You're one guy that is going to be the best out of this list that you need to be paying attention to, attention to for all 11 to 12 games this season. You know, I, I mean, last year or last week, I was talking about Jonas Griffith being my player to watch. Okay. Uh, this week, I'm staying with linebackers. I'm wa- I'm watching Dante Olson this entire year. I got to see if he can get 15 tackles a game again. How can you not want to watch that? Yeah, hopefully he's able to exceed it. And I was really debating between him and the guy that I ended up picking, which was Jake Mayer from UC Davis. He is too transcendent, transcendent of a passer for UC Davis and led an incredible passing attack last year. If he comes anywhere close to the types of numbers that he had last year in 2019, he's going to lead this team to potentially a Big Sky Conference title. But he has star power, uh, you know, potential superstar written all over him at the FCS level. Agreed. Right after that, though, Sean, we're going to be talking. Sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Great comment. Yeah. Great comment. Can I get another one? No. Uh, yes, sir. Sean, there it is. Sean, we are now going to discuss our biggest sleeper team, our team that is a little bit under the radar and could potentially push their way towards the top. And because this conference touts so many playoff teams, really the top three is potentially going to make the FCS playoffs. So, Sean, who is your sleeper team? My sleeper team. And. Uh, it shouldn't be that much of a sleeper, is Montana. I mean, we have four Montana players on our players to watch here. Uh, they are going to be, I think they're going to be very good. Another year of experience for Akim, uh, Olsen, Hawk, and where is he? Where is he? Brat. Oh, that's Montana State. Pardon me. Nice. My bad. I am a dullard and a rube. We have three players on the, regardless. They are uh, my sleeper team uh, for good reason. They have playmakers on both sides of the ball. Uh, I want them to be uh, a very good sleeper and prove me right. My sleeper in this situation, and I, I was considering Montana, but I ended up choosing Idaho State. I, I like that they have arguably the best receiver in the conference with Mitch Guler. And I think that if you have that talented of a receiver, your offense is going to be able to play around him and support him. Um, they were the middle of the pack last year. They were six and five. And I think that in a lot of games, they were just a little bit off from pulling out those victories. And, you know, if you end up on the right side of a couple of those games, they could have been sitting at eight and three, uh, seven and five 
in 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 any what situation that could have put them in the playoff, but they they were just just short of making those standards because they lost in some of those closer games. Now, Sean, who is our biggest faller? My Team biggest. That, yeah. yeah, go ahead. My biggest faller, and I knew I claimed their praises earlier. Uh, regardless, uh, Weber State is going to be my biggest faller. I know they have a very, very stellar defense, uh, but their offense is—it's um, very hard to stay at ten and three uh, overall with an offense that is league worst uh, in yardage. I, I get it; they win games and they do it their way. I don't have them going seven and one in conference this year. My projected faller is a bit of a hot take here, folks. Oh, Eastern Washington in my eyes, and I'm not saying that they're going to have a complete fall from grace down to the bottom of the conference. No. In this situation, I'm picking them to not win the big sky. They're probably still going to be a playoff team. I think that uh, opposite of what Sean said, I think Weber State and UC Davis are going to be more of a challenge for them and could um, you know, play past them and end up beating out Eastern Washington. They lost a lot of key contributors that were all conference players last year. I think it's going to be an uphill battle for them. They're still going to be a good team, but I just don't see them projecting as the winner. Interesting. Now, speaking as projected winners, Sean is already disagreeing with me. I have to. Is that my my projected winner is Eastern Washington. You have a program like that that has continuous success, continues to make the playoffs, is very strong on both sides of the ball. Obviously, uh, 255.9 rush yards per game. Even if you knock 50 off of that, that's still you're averaging 205 rush yards per game. You're not gonna, you're not gonna not be at the top if you're averaging 200 yards on the ground. Not, you know, that that's just how football works. All right, fair. They fair. are a dominant, dominant team, Joe. All right, fair. My pick, though, however, is UC Davis, and I think a lot of that has to go to Jake Mayer, who is again. I've said this time and time again throughout this episode. Potentially the best player in the country, and when you have a player like that, they're only gonna lead and uh, fall behind you. And this team is going to be motivated by him. They're going to play up to his level. Um, they also have a lot of other promising things. You have to take into account that they also have a strong young running back in Alonzo uh, Gilliam. They have some other pieces that are very important for them. This team just speaks the potential to shock people in the big sky and come out as the winner next year. Sean, now our last thing that we have that we're going to be talking about is our DMs as usual. If you feel like you ever want to send us a question or you have any thoughts about any conference, anything going on in FCS football, feel free to shoot us a DM or a comment on any of our tweets. But you have to follow us first. I am at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E. And Sean is, what is it again, Sean? Tell us. At Sean Anderson, 65. How do you spell Sean? S-E-A-N. How do you spell Anderson? A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. How do you the, spell 65? The, the number six, <laughs> the number five. Okay, thank you for giving us the full map out. There we go. But we do have a question today. Not really a question, but a uh, suggestion for topic of conversation. And it is a pretty good one from FCS Radio. And they suggested that we... Talk about the quarterback situation in Bozeman. Um, and they said it's worth discussing, and it very much is. For Montana State, their former Big Sky freshman of the year back in 2017, Chris Murray, who was already dealing with academic issues, is no longer with the team due to those issues. 
So right now, their quarterback uh, competition includes Ruben Beltran, Casey Bauman, Tucker Rovick, and then two preferred walk-ons. So a team that was on the fringe of being an FCS playoff team has to deal with quarterback issues because their quarterback from last year was a converted running back that is being converted back to linebacker, which was his original uh, position that he was brought into play. So, Sean, do you think that having these issues at quarterback are enough to stunt Montana State and hold them back? Well, I would like to say I think it is uh, cool that they're pulling a reverse Jim Kelly with their quarterback. What's that? Well, Jim Kelly was originally a linebacker, and then they uh, he threw a ball back hard at practice one time, and then the coaches opted to uh, move him to quarterback. Was he really? Yep. Interesting. Okay. And with these types of situations, it's not like you're competing with the best guy. You're competing against not necessarily your equals, but your equals, you know? The the one the one seed is out due to whatever reasons. And now someone's gonna step up. It's just how it naturally happens within football. Somebody, especially with the quarterback position, just finds a way to step up. It's just whoever's gonna be the most natural quarterback, I think. It doesn't need to be the best passer, uh, but it's gonna be the best leader and whoever gains the faith of the team quickest, I think, will be the best quarterback for Montana. Yes, yeah, certainly. And it's really like we talked about going to impact how Montana state does this year. Um, and it's probably going to be the biggest story that needs to be watched because it impacts one of the better teams in the big sky. But Sean, that is going to be it for us today. Uh, we've got one more conference preview coming up, which should be fun. And then we're going to transition to talking about positional previews, which is just as fun as well. Uh, but that is going to be it for us. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you can find a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, um, you name it. Wherever you can find a podcast, make sure you subscribe to us and follow Believe Podcasts at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And also check out their website, Believe.com. No, wait. Yeah, no, it is Believe.com. I have that correct. Um, and also feel free to check out any other podcast that they do they've got a ton of great content out there which is obviously why we are currently working with them but that is gonna be it for us and have a wonderful rest of your day folks have been fed that's a fact i have been fed that's a fact my credit card purchases get me cash back my credit card purchases get me cash back no one else gets these rewards sergeant that is just plain untrue what in tarnation sir PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCOA. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.